Hey guys, welcome back to a brand new podcast episode. Tonight, we're going to be talking about direct-to-video sequels from Disney, or maybe just sequels in general. Um, for a lot of the films, I really want to get to the direct-to-video uh, direct sequels. There are a few uh, lucky Disney films that did have, like, you know, theater releases of their sequels. For example, The, Re- the Rescue Was Down Under, Frozen 2, and probably one of the, like, the, the first one would be um, The Three Cavaleros, which is a uh, sequel to Saludos Amigos, uh, which is kind of like a series of segments, I guess. I would say the sequel had more of like a cohesive story with all the characters in it. I think Saludos Amigos even has like a goofy segment, and it's, it, it, but they're really cool. It's a really cool, uh, two really cool movies and I think um they are even featured in either Melody Time or Make My Music so there were a few different features of those characters in that but I really mostly want to talk about like the directive uh to video sequels just because I feel like those have you know more going on um so yeah I just kind of want to talk about those so I'm going to start with Aladdin. I think out of I think that's the first one I really want to get to because Aladdin was you know had a lot going on it had you know, the first movie it had two sequels and then it had a TV series and it was all going on around the same time, like all in the 90s. There was a lot going on for Aladdin. Um, and so the first one was Return of Jafar, which is basically continuing the story from the first movie. Aladdin and Jasmine aren't married yet. And, you know, Aladdin's kind of getting used to like life as a non-street rat, but sort of kind of still a street rat. I mean, he's getting paid, I guess. Like, you know, he's hanging out with Jasmine, so she's kind of covering the bills. So he ain't got to pay for nothing. Um, we have the genie, who's like liberated and free from his lamp. And then we have Jafar and Iago, who have been inside of a lamp together for such amount of time. Um, and now Jafar is kind of learning his powers as a genie. He uh, gets picked up by this guy named Abismal, and Abismal basically takes him back to Agrabah so he can have his revenge. But he ends up like owning Abismal, which is funny because if you look at the, the parallels obviously between Aladdin and Abismal, Aladdin really owned Genie, where Jafar is like a genie that refuses to be owned, even though he's being owned, he's owning his master. So it's kind of cool. Um, and the one thing I liked about Return of Jafar a lot was, um, I would say, Jafar's powers. Jafar has some dope powers in, in, the, in the sequel. Like, if you thought he was creepy in the first one, turning into a snake and junk, nah, he was creepier in this one. Like, he was doing a whole bunch. And it's kind of cool because he had, like, kind of, like, ghost-like powers because he kind of, like, can make himself into, like, an apparition. He can make himself into somebody else. He can, you know, turn into, like, a ghost ball. There was a lot that he could do. He had, like, you know, cool powers in that one, too. And he just looked different, right, in the sequel. And, and granted, I know the sequel has, like, a Toon Disney budget, so it's not going to have that same, like, pristine look that the original film had. But that's also what kind of worked to their advantage of making Jafar. Like, I would say in some scenes he looked more evil, I think, in the second one. And kind of, like, I don't know, maybe a little more gaunt, too, in, in certain sequel, uh, certain, you know, angles and stuff. So, but he was cool. He was definitely much more entertaining to me in the sequel than he was in the original and he even gets his own song called your only second rate in the sequel and i don't know like i i like a lot of the well not a lot of them actually a lot of the direct to video sequels are kind of trash in my opinion but i did like that one in particular and maybe because i grew up with it but i grew up with a lot of them and there were ones i didn't like growing up and there were ones that i love so it's not even just because like well they hit me at the right time some of them like some of them i've seen after my childhood that i I prefer other ones I've seen during my childhood that I don't like. So it doesn't really matter like when they come out, I guess. Um, 
But I did like some of the songs in that film. I liked uh, We Can't Forget About Love. Um, I like the story for Aladdin. You know, he's trying to kind of warm up to the Sultan. He's trying to prove himself to Jasmine, but he's also lying to her because of Iago. But he's trying to help Iago kind of rehabilitate himself. So there's a lot of cool stuff in that film. I like the, the uh, what is it, the, the, the water scene where it's, I think, carpets and the Sultan and Aladdin. And they're like gliding through the air. And then Jafar comes with all these like, you know, soldiers that he created um, to attack Aladdin. So I like that too. There's like a lava sequence in this movie, a lot of cool stuff. And I would love if the, um, cause I guess allegedly there might be a few different Aladdin sequels, uh, live action sequels. I know I, I heard that Will Smith might get a prequel called Genies. That's what I heard. That's just a rumor. And then um, I have heard that there might be an Aladdin sequel which if there is, I kind of hope they do Return of Jafar and they give Jafar more of his powers. Because I mean, <laughs> I remember in Return of Jafar where he turns into Jasmine and like, you know, Aladdin's about to be beheaded and stuff. And he like pretends that he's her, but then he shows Aladdin that he's not. And I was like, oh boss, oh boss. Like you just, uh-uh, <laughs> you cross lines, don't do that. But he was a really cool character. And he was even in some of the TV series, I believe too. Um, majority of the episodes of the TV series that I remember were the ones that involved Mose and Rap, which we'll get into in a moment. So, you know, Returning Jafar is one of my favorites. It's, for me, it's a highlight of the Disney direct-to-video sequels. In fact, both of the Aladdin sequels are, which now we go into the third. Oh, by the way, of course, one of the biggest things that we, we noticed in Return of Jafar is that Robin Williams is not voicing Genie. His voice is different, kind of sucks. I mean, not that it does, like, the, the guy who voices him is the guy who plays Homer Simpson on The Simpsons. So it doesn't suck, but it, because it's not Robin Williams, it just kind of, it's kind of sad, you know? So then we have uh, Aladdin and the King of Thieves. And Aladdin and the King of Thieves was, again, another really good sequel. Almost good enough in quality to be released in the theater. Almost. Almost. It did have a little of a Toon Disney budget. I think it might have been, like, a better budget than the second one, in my opinion, but it was cool. Aladdin and Jasmine are getting married, you know, then there's this guy who shows up with all these thieves to steal something from the wedding, like a wedding gift, and the whole wedding just goes haywire. And Robin Williams is back, and he's just doing the most as he would. And even, like I said, even though the animation was definitely cheaper than the original film, it still had a really interesting story, um, which Aladdin is known for. Aladdin is known for having a good story, even if the, the animation is crap and some of the songs are not top-notch songs. There's definitely a story to be told, right? Which is why he got a, a TV series as well, because there was so much of a story. You can do so much with the characters in Aladdin, right? Um, they're out there in the desert. They, you know, there's different, you know, myths and, and, and legends and stuff. And it was just really cool. And again, I was a huge fan. There was even like, I guess, a storyline where, um, the character of Mosenrath was going to be revealed as Aladdin's actual older brother. Um, and basically it was going to be kind of like a tug of war between Aladdin, Mosenrath, and their father, who was the King of Thieves, which I think would have been a really dope idea. And honestly, that's probably one of the only things about this film that kind of like, when I watch it now and I think of what could have been, I'm like, okay, I mean, the movie's good anyway, but I'm like, dude, that would have been even cooler if you had this kind of like, you know, tug of war between these two boys and their father, right? 
Because, I mean, I love Mosley Raph. Mosley Raph is basically Kylo Ren of the Discords. <laughs> he is. He's such a Kylo Ren. But I, I love Mosley Raph. I, I've always... my One of my best friends, she's in love with Mosley Raph. Um, Jonathan Brandes, by the way, did the voice of Mosley Raph. He is from the Nifroning story, too, which we just talked about that recently. So I just was like, oh, that's interesting. But yeah, he was the voice of Mosley Raph in that show. And yeah, I mean, it just it sucks. It sucks that that, that um, idea was just sort of thrown away. There was also another um, possibility that Aladdin had a sister in the TV series. And it's, I don't remember her name in the series, but she looked a little bit like Aladdin. And but she also kind of looked like a cross between him and Jasmine, which him and Jasmine look alike. More on the TV series than in the movie. In the movie, I really don't see it that much in the first film, but definitely in like the TV series and merchandising, the dolls and stuff, you can definitely see they look more alike. They don't have like... And that doesn't happen often. Uh, well, it doesn't happen that often in the Disney couples, like where they look alike. I will say there is sort of a sort of a resemblance between Belle and Beast, sort of a resemblance, not too much of one, but like they do have like the same hair length. His hair is a little bit longer than hers. They have like the same hair length, somewhat of the same style. Um, her eyes are like green and his eyes are blue. So a little bit different there. I think he's more pale than she is, but they definitely have when you see them together in like the last couple of moments of the movie, there is this kind of like similar look to them, which happens with Aladdin and Jasmine as well. A lot of the other Disney couples though don't really look alike. I, I really don't see Eric too much in Ariel's face. Maybe like maybe in his smile somewhere, like I guess. Um, Cause that's been another thing that people have given Disney flack about is that a lot of their couples tend to look similar. And I mean, now it's more of the girls looking like palette swaps of each other, which I agree. I think a lot of the girls do like look like palette swaps of each other in the computer animated world. But I mean, Tiana and Naveen don't look alike to me. Um, Flynn and Rapunzel don't look alike to me. Kristoff and Anna don't look alike to me. Now, do Flynn and Kristoff resemble each other? Yeah, kind of. Do Anna and Rapunzel uh, kind of look alike? Yeah, sort of. So there is definitely like a familiar thing to some of these characters, but I wouldn't say like the couples anymore, which at the time Aladdin came out, there was that kind of criticism that these two people look alike. Now, Johnson, the Pocahontas kind of broke that for me because I don't see it. They don't look alike to me at all. Some of these couples look similar. Um, doesn't even matter their color. Some of them look similar. Some of them just don't, I don't see it. But anyway, so Aladdin and the King of Thieves was a really cool movie. It had a great concept. Aladdin versus 40 Thieves. It, it's, you know, it, I think it's part of the tales of the Arabian night. Um, and yeah, it was, it, they were just, they were two really good, solid sequels. The second one caught my interest because Jafar was back. The third one caught my interest because there's a, a love story, they're getting married. And then there's this King of Thieves who kind of looks like Aladdin. Turns out that's his father. So it was really cool. Nothing, you know, nothing bad about those. Um, now, let's talk about Beauty and the Beast. So, Beauty and the Beast kind of got the same treatment as Aladdin. They got two movies, basically, basically two movies. And Belle did have her own, like, little TV series, um, where she's, like, in a bookshop, but I think that was, like, like a live-action TV series, so not quite the same thing. But Beauty and the Beast was another huge property for Disney that came out the year before Aladdin. So it was, it was you know, the 90s were a big time for, for Disney. And surprisingly, it didn't get a TV series like Aladdin did. That was the only surprising thing. Like I said, they had like the, the one where she's like 
live action, but they didn't have a cartoon TV series for Beauty and the Beast. But also, I can see why. The story is very simple. It's very basic. And I think they were better off doing the movies than doing, like, a TV series. Because, and the, the, the crazy thing, too, about Beauty and the Beast was, like, in majority of these things, Beast was still Beast. Like, they forgot that he had turned back into Adam. Enchanted Christmas was interesting because it takes place, it's kind of a, an integral, is that what they call it? Um, or it takes place, like, within the first movie. Um, it begins and ends, sort of. Well, not begins and ends, but... Uh, yeah, it, it's one of those. It's one. Of, it, it's like a, it's like a prequel, integral sequel sort of thing, I guess. It's them basically looking back on what it was like to live in the castle that Christmas that the Beast was, the Beast and Belle had come. So it was a pretty interesting story. Some some cool animation. Again, kind of a Toon Disney budget, um, but it was getting better. That was I think that was done either after. King of Thieves or before King of Thieves. Either way, it was done around that time. So the animation was better than Return of Jafar, but still not quite the quality of the movie, but it was still pretty good. And I would say Enchanted Christmas is my favorite of the Beauty and the Beast films because it's just, it's a simple story. There's not too much going on. I I really don't get into Beauty and the Beast that much because it's just, I find it so dramatic. Like there's so much back and forth between her and Beast. There's not enough action for me. I, I just... And which is weird, but it's true. Beauty and the Beast is just not one of my favorites. And people are like, but you can sit through like Cinderella. I'm like, yeah, I can. I, I like Cinderella. It's not terrible. It- it's not my favorite, but I can sit through it. I don't. It- it's the animation style for me because I love the um, the artwork of Mary Blair. I think she's a great artist for Disney. She worked on Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, um, I believe Lady and the Tramp, possibly Sleeping Beauty as well, and of course. Cinderella she's she's done great work with the company and it just it just shows and that's one of the reasons I I just think that Cinderella was even though she herself gets on my nerves as a princess there's a lot of like really good care that went into Cinderella I love the opening song for her movie I just love the animation there's a lot of really good care with that movie and that's why it's one of Disney's most successful films and why she's such a successful princess but Beauty and the Beast is in the same vein because you know they're the, they're you know successful property as well it just for me I don't there wasn't enough going on you know with Cinderella I can argue that you know her stepmother was a jerk and then the stepsisters were a jerk and I you know you, you kind of just squash going how much of this are you going to take before you slap her upside her head for everybody in the audience this like that's kind of the vibe you get from that movie from Beauty and the Beast, I'm just like, okay, he's selfish and she's annoying. That's how I, that's how I feel because no, like, no, but they are like Belle and Beast are just irritating to me. They just are. They're irritating. They're just irritating. Like, sir, do you you forgot that she's your prisoner, right? She up in here running your stuff. Like, she got your own staff turning against you. What are you doing? Like, what? Oh no, I would kick her to the curb. She would have been frozen in the snow like how he was going to do to her daddy he should have done to her because why is she coming up in your house and changing stuff don't do that mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. you're a peasant in the village and you gonna come to my crib and do excuse me miss what oh no uh-uh mm-mm. after that first invitation to eat and she said no okay you can starve say that and granted he was gonna let her starve <laughs> But his annoying ass friends had to go in there and try to get like, oh, you know, she'll come around to the, ah, uh, no, or she won't. And, and she could be just, uh, she could be a bad smell in the cell one of these days. She gonna figure it out for herself. I'm not doing nobody. Like, mm-mm, 
Then he gave her a library. I was mad. I was like, how are you giving her stuff? What did she What did she earn? What did she do here? For what? You went out in the forest to save her from getting her ass eaten by some wolves. You got the scars. For what? For what? You doing so, she, How come this movie is so focused on this man changing for her? What did she do to change for him? Not a damn thing. You know what? I'm mad. No, but I am. I'm mad. Belle, you wouldn't all that in the bag of chips anyway, sis. You didn't have guys lined up to be with you, and I, and I wonder why. The whole town is shading you, sis. The whole town is shading you constantly, sis. Like, what? Mm-mm. But, uh, but behind that fair facade, I'm afraid she's rather odd. Bitch, nobody was checking for you. <laughs> Nike wouldn't even check for you. Like, no. No, ma'am. Belle gets on my nerves. She really does. Guess on you're a problem you are guess on you are a problem but you could do better but you could do better but you could do better those three blondes were all prettier than Belle you could do better you can do better in fact you did do better because in my reality you are now with Prince Hans you're both psychotic and crazy but you're happily married and I'm here for it I really really am Hans Don Hans Don that needs to be the next Disney movie right there y'all want your first gay Disney prince you have him it's Prince Hans is he a problem? Yeah, but so what? We got him. Shut up. Move on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Beauty and the Beast was a problem. So then we had Belle's Magical World, which was like another prequel. Like for some for some reason, Disney does not think that Prince Adam is interesting. They just don't. They're like, you're a beast, and that's all you're gonna be. You're not interesting as a man, which is messed up, but it's true. You're not. You're not interested in that. Like. For some reason, they think we don't want to know what happened after they got together. Like, again, we saw what happened sort of in Enchanted Christmas. Not much has changed, but there's still so much more you could do, I would think, with those characters, right? Like, you have that forest or whatever. I, I'm just saying, like, why couldn't Belle's magical world have taken place with Adam being Adam? I don't see where he needs to be. Like, he could still be a prince, but still be, like, you know, getting over his... Because obviously, he has anger issues. They're not just going to go away because he turned back into a prince. He was a problem before, right? He was a problem when he was, you know, human. He was a problem as a beast. He's still going to be a problem going back to his, you know, his human form. So that's the story they could have easily told. And for whatever reason, they just didn't. Like, I don't, I don't, it makes me sad for Adam. Like, justice for Prince Adam. Yeah. Um, now let's get into, I'm sorry. Now let's get into, you know, I'm just going to focus on some of them. I'm not going to focus on all of them. Ain't nobody got the kind of time. We just don't. Let's focus on Pocahontas' journey to a new world. Okay, so. You guys. Listen, I love the original Pocahontas movie. Is it problematic? Yes. Is it is it completely inaccurate? Yes. Everything. But is it also one of the greatest unnecessary love stories Disney's ever done? Absolutely. It is. It is a great unnecessary love story. Why is that unnecessary? Because it didn't happen like that. Because it didn't happen like that. That's why. But um, it's still a beautiful love story. I was like, the music, if I never knew you, sis, like not the Mel Gibson version, he cannot sing. He needs to stay not singing. But the John something and Shanice version, oh, chills anytime that song comes on I'm ready I'm ready to cry I'm just I'm, I'm ready to cry like I just it, it, it. and then Vanessa Williams seeing Colors of the Wind all these beautiful black folks in this on this soundtrack I was like yes y'all damn sure ain't in the movie but at least you got the soundtrack sis. I was I was here for it I really was I was like yes and, I mean obviously the versions in the movie are good too just around the river bend is a box Pocahontas is a beautiful princess like 
it, it, it's one of those instances where it's kind of odd because they actually made her darker than she was, I guess, in real life, which is kind of strange. Normally, they want to lighten everybody up. So it was kind of weird that they definitely did darken her color, which I thought was, I actually thought was cool. Like, I mean, of course you want accurate representation of somebody, but like I said, when you're used to the other way around, right, Princess Tiana um, in Wreck-It Ralph, when you're used to, I'm not shading her, I'm shading the fact that they lighten her up or initially lighten her up for that movie for no reason. Nope, she's beautiful and she's chocolate brown and that's how she gonna be. Keep it that way. Which I was so proud of. I was proud of people who were like, nope, we want our princesses dark. We want Jasmine dark. We want her darker. We want them to look like they should from their movies. I was so proud. Anyway, so yeah, no, I like I was kind of intrigued that they made her darker than she would normally appear. But I mean, I loved that movie. I, I know people have problems with it. I know there are problems with Pocahontas, period. Absolutely. There are problems with that, with the story, but it was a great love story. Say what you want. Like it really was. It shouldn't have been that it was wasted, but not wasted, right? I don't know. Anyway, so <laughs> Then they came out with Pocahontas Journey to a New World. I think Disney was like, you know, we hear the response. People are mad because it's not how things went down. So let's go ahead and, and fix this, right? Let's let's tell the real story or let's, <laughs> let's tell something closer to the truth, I guess. Y'all didn't have to do all that. You just, John Ralph was doomed from the jump. Cause I was like, why does he look like Prince Adam from Beauty and the Beast? Like, why did you do this to him for what? For what? Is this is this your guys' like response to people who want more Prince Adam in movies? Yeah, y'all just ain't gonna do it. So we we're gonna get him in this. Billy Zane's gonna play him in this. Okay, whatever, sir. So you did that. And then they had the one character who like run he ran everywhere. What like the movie just became it was a problem. It was just I don't know. For me, I'm like, this is just boring. This is boring. This is the problem. I know y'all trying to and then the whole John Smith, is he dead? Isn't he dead type thing? What the for what? Mm-mm. Nah, nah, we didn't need this. I wanted more Nakoma. I wanted, I just, I just, we didn't need it. I, we, whatever, I mean, that film, it, I don't know. I'm trying to find good qualities in it. We got to see Pocahontas in a dress, hey? We got to see her in, like, her winter clothes. Her winter clothes were fresh. You guys, you know, actually, I am thankful for that film because her winter clothes were fresh. They were, they were pretty fresh. Other than that, it could go. The music wasn't popping no more. A lot of it just wasn't, it wasn't the same vibe. It just, it just wasn't the same vibe for me. I like that, eh, that, okay, next. Um, I want to end it pretty soon. We'll get, you know, we'll do a part two to this. There will be a part two coming because, and there might even be a part three. There's a lot that they did. There's a lot of sequels and prequels and stuff that they did. We will get into the live action one or live action, the, uh, the theatrical release ones, for example, like The Rescuers and Frozen 2 and uh, The Three Caballeros, films that were sequels that went to theaters. We'll get into those as well. Um, but let's end with my favorite for now. I do want to talk about The Lion King, of course, eventually, but not now. Let's get into my favorite. Let's get into A Little Mermaid, okay? So Ariel got the same treatment as Aladdin. She got three movies and a TV series. What made Ariel's different, though, was that, like, um, a lot, actually. Well, I mean, the fact that, like, Ariel's beginning came out in, like, 2008. So every 10 years, Ariel got a sequel. 1989 was the first movie. I think 1998-99 was the second movie. And then 2008-2009 was the third movie. So she got, like, you know, a sequel sporadically. And then she, again, she had her TV series. And Little Mermaid was just a really big property for Disney, period. And it's also getting a live-action movie coming out next year, which will be interesting. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I so obviously I love the first film. I haven't seen The Little Mermaid. I haven't seen like any of my theatrical release Disney films in such a long time because I grew up watching them so much that now I'm just kind of burnt out. I love them, but I'm kind of burnt out. Plus, you know, I've watched The World of Color and all those things so many times. And obviously there's scenes from those movies in those things. And I just feel like I don't need to watch them right now. I probably will. I'll probably do like another. I used to do Disney marathons before I would go to Disneyland. And this was for years, you guys, even in my adult life, for years, I would count down the days when I would go to Disney. Yeah, I was that person. Um, back when I went to Disney more sporadically, like I would go like once or twice a month or whatever, I'd give myself like 10 days to watch 10 of my favorite Disney films and then go to Disneyland. But then when I started going there all the time, before I worked there, when I started going there all the time, I didn't have time to do that. I'd be watching Disney movies every day. I don't have time. Nope, no, no. Anyway, so <clears throat> the little mermaid. So the first sequel was... Uh, Little Mermaid 2 Return to the Sea, which is about her daughter, Melody. And what was cool about this one was, like, it was the first time our Disney princesses have a child. She's the first one to do it. Like, when she did this, I don't know. I'm not getting into that in this episode. We're not talking about 16 and pregnant. We're not doing it. We're not talking about... Can you imagine, though? You guys, can you imagine? (laughs) If Disney ever did MTV special Ariel 16 and pregnant or a Disney Plus 16, I would live... I'd be too thrilled. Like, you know what? This does not need to happen. But neither did that sequel. Look, I love Little Mermaid. She is my favorite. And I do like Melody somewhat. She got on my nerves. I wanted to choke. Oh, I wanted to hurt her. I did. Because she wasn't listening to her mama. Now, it's different. Look, look, listen. It's different when Ariel doesn't want to listen to Triton. You do you, okay? I have no... I love Triton, but whatever. When you just... When you disrespect and disobey Ariel, we have problems. So she was doomed from jump. The first time she said no, the first time she popped off at her mom, I was ready to throw a shoe. I was like, we're about to fight because you're not going to do this to her. Like, yeah, did she have it coming? Yeah, but so, mm-mm, no, mm-mm, not the queen, not the queen. You're just not going to do it. You're not going to destroy Ariel. And I was, I was living for her dresses in that movie too, because I love, like Ariel has one of the biggest like wardrobes in, like before Frozen, right? Because they put them in so many freaking dresses. But before Frozen, I think Ariel had the most dresses and the most costume changes in the first film <laughs> and then she had even more in the sequel I don't think she wears any of her dresses from the first film in the sequel they might look like the the dresses very you know they might look very similar to them but if you look closely they're actually different I believe so that was cool anyway so we get Ariel and we get Eric and their parents now and yay it's exciting and blah blah and there's Melody. And Melody basically is like her mother, but in reverse, because she wants to go into the water. But we end up meeting Ursula's unnecessary sister named uh, Morgana, who is a thin version of Ariel and has like a shark for a friend instead of some eels. And she basically like tells Triton like, hey, you know, if I see your daughter in the ocean or her, her, you know, her kin, I'm gonna jump them. I'm gonna drown the prince. You don't want none it's party time, right? And I'm thinking, well, Triton is king of the sea, so all he has to do is zap homegirl one time, one time good, and it's calamari for everybody. So I don't really know what the issue is. Like, what is the beef here? Tell me. I, I don't see. But anyway, Triton playing in front, like, he's scared or whatever. And so it was basically it was a tactic, because he was like, you know what? I'm so tired of this girl not doing what I told her to do. Now she done knocked, got knocked her by this human. She's a damn fool. And now I got a granddaughter out of this. I don't like humans. No way. She's not coming down here. I really think it was a trap. I really think it was a setup. I do. 
I think Triton was not for it. Triton was like, you're a damn fool. You're a fool. And she's not coming in here. She's not coming in these waters. I don't think so. No, no. She can go into the Pacific. Let me catch her in the Atlantic. She's going to get cut up. I think that's what happened. So anyway, this unnecessary beef goes down between them because Ursula's sister was never even cool with her, right? So I'm like, if you're not even cool with this, this girl, she's dead. Why are you mad? Like, huh? Anyway, so she got mad. And so Ariel's like, I'm not trying to go down there. Like, my baby comes first, blah, blah, blah. So she did all that. Then she built a wall, and she just did unnecessary stuff. She was she was not trying to see her daddy no more. And I'll tell you what it was. I'm going to tell you what it really was. What it really was, she remembered, oh, snap, I got this guy named Urchin down there, right? He's pretty fine. He's pretty fine. We like him. But I can't see him again because he's going to bring up some stuff. He's going to bring up our adventures, Okay. He, that's, that's what, and, and Eric would be all up in his feeling. Eric would not have it. So she was like, you know what? I got this unnecessary beef with this girl. I'm not really trying to be around my daddy and my and my sisters because they all have my business. And I got a past boyfriend down there. Yeah, we don't need this. Atlantica is not for me. I don't think so. So she wasn't trying to go back down there anyway. So then we fast forward 12 years later or whatever. And it turns out Melody wants to be just like a mermaid. She wants to be like a mermaid. And I'm thinking, you know, and Sebastian's there too, which... That was the biggest, that was Ariel's first mistake. Her first mistake was allowing that freaking crab to stay with her. Because, first of all, crabs don't talk to people, right? Eric doesn't talk to animals. Eric only has Max, Max, and Max doesn't talk. So, on land, these things don't talk, right? And she doesn't know anything about mermaids, Melody, right? Except that they might be mythical creatures, some junk, right? So... Your biggest mistake was letting a crab from where, from where, from where, from the ocean help you basically raise your daughter. That was the biggest mistake that you done made, right? Then you have that damn seagull um, who also helped out as well. So it's like, okay, this is this is too much. Like, if y'all trying to keep this girl away from the ocean, your biggest mistake was getting a seagull and a crab to, and, and living right next to it. Like, Granted, you can't help where you live because the castle was always there, right? So you can't really help that part. But everything else you could help. Everything else you kind of caused your damn self. Like, you, you kind of did. Plus, you know, I mean, Ariel's a mermaid. So I feel like, doesn't she smell like a fish? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, wouldn't she have like an ocean breeze kind of smell about? I would imagine. You lived down there for 16 years, sis. You probably have some type of smell. Like, you know, like you might smell like, what is that Bath and Body Works thing? It's like ocean breeze, whatever. You know, it might smell like that. Like, I don't know. And I don't know. I, don't, I really don't know. I really don't know. But anyway, so <laughs> eventually Melody figures out, hey, I got this locket or whatever. She found it. In, she found it in the ocean. She was, and Sebastian said nothing. Sebastian is not a good friend. He's not like, I love Sebastian, but he is not loyal to anybody. He really isn't. And he, I mean, he shouldn't have to be, but he really isn't. Like, so Scuttle and Sebastian were helping this girl go in the ocean and, and swim and do all these things that she's not supposed to be doing, right? And she finds this locket that was like given to her as a baby by her grandfather or whatever, some junk, and discovers that she might have mermaid roots or something like that. So then she ends up going to Morgana and getting, you know, her legs changed to a fin and she's her mom in reverse. So now Ariel got to go find this little girl. And I'm just, I'm, and her, like, her psychic friends got on my nerves. Like, uh, what is it, Dip and Dash? The penguin and the, the seal? Is that what they are? I don't know. I just, I don't know. That that sequel was unnecessary. Like, is it cute? I guess. Like, when it first came out and I was a kid, 
I love the fact that Ariel was in a new movie. I was irritated though, like from jump. When I got the v- I got the VHS, I remember being mad because Ariel was not in the center. She was on the side. So I already knew, I was like, so this movie's not even about her. Like, it's about her daughter. Oh, I'm not here for this. I'm not doing that. Like, no. Like, nah. So Melody, she's cute. We like her. I have no beef with Melody. I'm just like, you'll never be the mermaid your mama was. That's all I got to say. Like, you'll never be the mermaid your mama was. That's it. That's that. That's her. And then we have like a little John Smith in this movie who is, it's kind of cute because he does kind of like remind me of Urchin. So I was like, okay, Urchin kind of like, he's never mentioned any of the movies, any of the movies, but he gets some kind of like sort of a nod to him in this. That's cute. Nothing really comes of it, but it's fine. Um, And then what else happens in that movie that I was like, eh, this is stupid. I don't remember. Something else happens though that I thought was kind of dumb. I'll figure it out. Um, And yeah, can we find out where, where Eric's parents are? Because if your parents are gone, sis, why aren't you a king yet? And why isn't Ariel a queen? Like, shouldn't she technically be the first Disney queen because, like, of the, the princesses? Because we don't see his family, like, ever. Like, is that a summer house they're living in? Like, a summer palace or some junk? Where are his parents, sis? Because I'm pretty sure your title should be changed to king and queen. Just saying. Anyway, let's get into the last one before I end this. That's going to be Ariel's beginning, you guys. I love this movie. I actually really loved Ariel's beginning. I hated that they call it Ariel 3 because they, they would do oh, Little Mermaid 3 because they, they Disney does this thing where they call things sequels that aren't sequels. Like if this takes place before the original film, there should not be a three in front of it. They changed it though. By the time they released it, it was just called Ariel, Little Mermaid Ariel's beginning. So it wasn't it wasn't Little Mermaid 3 anymore. That was the original advertisement for the film was Little Mermaid 3, but it wasn't a pre, uh, wasn't a sequel. Like Tarzan 2, I think, takes place like when Tarzan is a kid so it's not even a sequel it's like an integral like stop stop at Disney like learn what these words mean before you use them in your titles just saying I love you but just saying sis learn what they mean before you call things two three four five six no um anyway <clears throat> Star Wars I, it's Star Wars I blame Star Wars Star Wars did it Star Wars started all the, the mess for everybody anyway so this movie's about the death of Ariel's mother and the the loss of music in the kingdom and the only issue that I have with this film is it pretty much, like, it pretty much just throws away the Little Mermaid TV series, which I hated. Like, I, I hated that. I was like, you know, because I mean, I don't know. You can argue that the movies did do that themselves, but I, I disagree. I don't think the movies actually, like, take away from the Little Mermaid series. Like, if you if you watch the series first and then you watch the movies, I think it would kind of, it would fit. I, I would imagine it would fit, sort of. But... I mean, yes and no, right? Because Sebastian, like, well, we don't know how long he's he's been around Ariel. You know, it kind of does seem like in the first movie that he's like, ignore that, scratch that part of what I just said. I just realized that no, it doesn't seem like, because I was going to say in the first film, it seems like he's just getting used to her. But no, he's not. He realizes who she is for, for a long time there. And her relationship with Flounder was already established very well. So Little Mermaid, Ariel's beginning just kind of, takes the series and just throws it and it bothers me too because it makes it sound like uh flounder and ariel have only been friends for like a year uh before the first film which is uh, like i don't get that at all it definitely seems like they were friends for a very long time actually her relationship with flounder has always been a problem with me after the first film in the tv series because in little mermaid 2 she can obviously because she stayed out of the ocean for so long she completely missed the part of flounder's life where he got married and had kids like 
But that was really sad to me. I was like, oh, this is terrible. Like, it's like that scene in Frozen where, like, Anna is like, oh, you're talking to me? Like, you know, girl, we don't speak anymore, even though we're sisters who live in the same castle. It's like, you just abandoned your best friend. I mean, Eric is fine. Trust me, I would have too. But, girl, I'm not you, so I'm judging. You know what I'm saying? That ain't my life, so I'm judging you, huh? But if it was, my friends would have to go by. But anyways, <laughs> mm-hmm. no, it's, it's a fact. Y'all figure it out, sis. Ugh. Anyway, so, anyways, so, yeah, that bothered me that, like, in the sequel, like, we see Flounder's kids and Ariel's like, oh, snap, like, my best friend just went and had a whole family. I didn't even know about it because I'm such a jerk. Like, basically, I mean, I get she did it for her daughter, but come on, don't play. Don't play games. After she went to bed at night, you could have jumped in the ocean, went for a swim and go see your friends. Stop playing. So anyway, you know it's true, guys. You guys know what I'm saying is true. Come on now. You have a staff for a reason. I put somebody on baby watch. Stop tripping. Anyway, so then in Ariel's beginning, it turns out they've only been friends for like a year, which doesn't even make sense. But they meet each other in this film. And I'm like, that's a, we, we've seen this in the show. Like in the show, Ariel looked like a little nerd when she was a kid and found her was scared of everything and they became best friends. You didn't have to do this. Like, them meeting each other for the first time was, was dumb. Like, that did not, like, in the movie, that did not need to happen. Um, but I love the relationship between her and her sisters. We get more of her sisters because I've always found her sisters really interesting. She has six of them. Like, that's cool. And they all have, like, you know, A's is the first name. They all kind of resemble each other, but they, each one has, like, there are two with brown hair, two with uh, black hair, two with blonde hair. Ariel's the only one that's a redhead. That was an interesting thing, uh, thing to me. So, I like that in this movie, they all kind of have their own individual, unique personalities. Um, I, I, just, I just did. I like the character of uh, the governess. I forgot her name. Um, I think it was Marina. I think Marina is her name, something like that. But she's basically like Ursula. There was a lot of foreshadowing in this movie because there's it's always been alleged that Triton and Ursula were actually siblings. Um, and by the way, Little Mermaid is actually one of the Disney films that go all the way back to the 1930s, while Disney was going to originally make that one of his first Disney films, and he ended up not doing anything with it. And Well, obviously, the company didn't do anything with it until the 80s, when they decided to bring it out. There were, I think, a few rough drafts rough, rough drafts and things written over the years, um, but nothing ever came of it, and so they really buckled down in the 80s and made that film. Beauty and the Beast, I think, is is in the same vein, where it was going to be done a lot earlier in the Disney career um, than, or, it, you know, in the Disney family than it actually was, so that's interesting. Anyway, so we get these characters, and I don't know, I, I like them all. I like the story about bringing music back to the kingdom. It does seem like something King Triton would do, which is like, because King Triton is very impulsive. He's very impulsive. He's probably like a freaking Capricorn or Aquarius. Or, or no, he's probably, he's either a Capricorn, an Aquarius, or he's probably a Virgo. He's one of those. You know, you know what? Real talk, he might be an Aries. I'm an Aries and I can tell you sometimes we do some mean petty. Like Aries will do some things that are just mean. We are lovable. We love everybody. Everybody's our sons and daughters. We're the first and the last in the zodiac. Trust and believe we are the first, okay? We're everybody's, you know, we're everybody's parents. We just ain't raising you. No, you ain't worth it. Anyway, but no, seriously, we would do some petty stuff like that. We will love you hard, but we'll also take from your ass too. And so that's why I'm I'm pretty sure that he's 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 one of us. But he could be a Capricorn, because Capricorns are just stubborn. I'm petty like that, though. I'm petty against Capricorns. I'm petty. I don't care. No, I do I have some some cool Capricorns in my life. I love my cousin and my uncle. They are Capricorns and I love them dearly. But most Capricorns, I ain't messing with you. Goodbye. 
vibe. Um, Virgos, I love y'all too, but y'all want to fight first, and I just don't have time. I'm too pretty for that. Like, I really am. Like, y'all just get mad so easily about stuff, and I'm like, you need to take it down, though. Like, stop. Like, everybody swears that the Aries, that we are the first ones to want to fight somebody. We're really not. Like, verbally, yes. Verbally, we'll be like, listen, what you won't do. Like, we'll come and we'll lay down the law verbally, but a Virgo, Virgos want to go and just fight. Like, Virgos are like, I don't even want to verbal. I just want to fight. Like, I just want to beat something up, and it's like, calm down. Like, Ooh, violent. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not even like <laughs> Capricorns are just like Capricorns are basically like Leos. Like Leos and Capricorns are all they're they're very like self-absorbed. But like Leos are Leos always think they're pretty. Like Leos are like the kind of self are self-absorbed that don't want to do nothing. They're like very vain. Like I feel like they're people who just like look in the mirror all day. Like, I'm beautiful, I'm gorgeous. Like no matter where they're at. Where Capricorns are just very like, it's about me. I don't really understand empathy and things like that. Like some of them, not everybody, but some of them are just very, just like, blah. I don't know what it is. Anyway, you guys. So it was beginning as a good movie. I, I like the quality in animation too. It got so much better over the years. And it wasn't on a Toon Disney budget. It was on a like a directed to video budget, but not a Toon Disney budget, which is kind of steps above. Um, next time, I do want to talk about uh, the Lion King properties. I want to get into Cinderella. By the way, y'all have made Prince Charming jumping out the window, whatever, like, uh, iconic meme or whatever for you guys. I don't get it, sis, but go off. Like, <laughs> live your life. I also want to talk about the parallels between Cinderella and the Little Mermaid. Because I don't know why I get this vibe that Eric and Prince Charming are related. I don't know what that is. I just get a vibe that they're related somehow. I, I used to think that they were actually brothers because... It's, but then I remember, I think there's a line in Cinderella where the dad is like, you know, this is my only child and he's growing farther and farther away from me. The reason why I thought they were related is because their costumes are kind of similar when they're both in their prince uniforms. And they're both like, I mean, I get they're princes, so they're going to be like, you know, they're going to learn combat and stuff. But in Cinderella 3, Prince, the Prince Charming is very much like Prince Eric. Like they're very similar in their looks. They're very similar in what they can do and they're like sort of like military-esque training. They're both good at like, you know, uh, uh, swords fighting. They're both they're both like captains of ships and stuff. So it just felt very similar. And I believe he said he met his wife on the beach, the, the king, which I was like, huh, like interesting. I don't know. I just got this vibe that they could potentially be brothers and they just live in separate kingdoms. Like that, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, like maybe he had like, it's like in Sleeping Beauty, how they talk about like, um, like maybe, maybe, um, Eric's kingdom is where the mother lived and you know what they had like I don't know I just I got this vibe that they could have been brothers that was just the vibe that I got so there were other things too in that movie that kind of was like interesting like okay maybe this maybe this is you know a thing I don't know so that was just, like I said oh and by the way fun fact they're actually voiced by the same person I believe the prince who played Prince Eric in all the Little Mermaid films also played the prince uh, for Prince Charming in Cinderella 3. So that's another thing that kind of connects them to. So it would be kind of interesting if they were actually related. I'm not really sure, but we'll see. There's also kind of similarities in Ariel's dress and Cinderella's dress a little bit. So they could have actually taken place towards the same time period. So there's, a, there's like I said, there's just a few things that are kind of like mirroring for me and kind of like pieces that seem to want to come together. 
I'm not saying this is a fact. I'm not, but I might even do a podcast talking about some of the similarities between different characters and stuff. And we'll, you know, it just we'll just we'll just talk crap together. That's what we're gonna do. Anyway, guys, I will see you next time. Have a great rest of your evening. Disneyland is now open to the public again, but you can only go if you make a reservation. I probably will do a Disneyland podcast coming up pretty soon about things that I love. I've done it before, but I might do another one as like a refresher and because the park just reopened and things I'm looking forward to seeing as a guest. And yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get there when we get there. But I'll see you guys later. Have a great night. Peace.